Hello, and welcome to the One Church podcast. This message was recorded for our online service. We're not meeting at our church buildings at the moment, so tune in live this Sunday for our next online service by going to weareone.church or finding us on Facebook. Today we are looking at a Sunday school classic, Daniel in the Lion's Den. Um, And this story has everything you could want in a Bible story. There's drama, jealousy, an evil plot. There's ravenous lions and a miraculous escape. Everything you could want in a Bible story. And if I asked you to picture it, most likely, I think most of us would picture that moment where Daniel is sat in the lion's den amongst sleeping lions and how God has saved him. Um, And usually that's the moral of the story, that God rescues us. And like Daniel, we should trust in God to rescue us, which of course is true. Like we fully believe that God is able and willing to rescue us and save us and protect us. But today, what I want to do is just to move a bit further and maybe have a fresh perspective. And my prayer is no matter how many times you've heard this story, that today we can have a fresh perspective of it. Because in this series, we're looking at taking ourselves out of the story and putting Jesus in the story. Because when we put Jesus in the story, it opens us up to a much wider, new, fresh depth of perspective. Um, and so I'm going to give you the title of my message straight away is Calling Over Conforming. Calling over conforming. Um, I wonder if you can think of a time where you have felt pressured to conform. Now, for me, there are so many examples I can think of, and I feel like every decade, like a new decade brings new pressures. So like in the 90s, the pressure was to own a Furby and a pair of dungarees. In the early 2000s, it was the pressure to wear a studded belt and to own an MP3 player. In the 2010s, it was to do the ice bucket challenge and nail flossing, which I am not going to do right now. But like, thankfully, the only pressure that we have experienced in the 20s is the pressure to stay indoors and watch as many Netflix series as we can. A pressure which I'm very much obliged to give into at the moment. Um, But we all know, obviously, we all know what it feels like to be pressured to conform, whether it is like the latest fashion trend or to buy the newest technology or to speak in a certain way, act in a certain way, have certain opinions. We all know what it feels like to have that pressure to conform, but none of us will ever know what it feels like to have the pressure that Daniel was under to conform. See, Daniel was working for the king. Um, He was working for the king of the Medo-Persian Empire at the time, and he was number three in the country. Like, he was being prepared to be the king's right-hand man. And he was so good at his job, he was so successful, that the other governors in the land were jealous of him. And so they plotted to get him out of the picture. So they tried everything they could. They tried to dig up dirt on him, but found nothing. So in the end, they knew that if they were going to get him, the only way that they could do that would be to do with his faith. So they went to the king and asked the king to issue a decree to say that over the next 30 days, anyone who prays to anyone or anything other than the king would be thrown to the den of lions. So the king, being ever so humble and not egotistical in any way, uh, loved the idea, signed the decree, and uh, it went out. And so this was obviously bad news for Daniel. Um, And because there was no way that this was going to be revoked, because like the 
at the time, a Persian king was thought to speak for the gods. So of course, the gods could never be wrong, so therefore they would never need to change their mind, therefore they would never need to change the law, therefore this law was not going to change no matter what happened. This was sticking. And by the looks of it, from what we read, um, it like to make matters worse, it seems that if you were caught in the act, then you would be executed on the very same day that you committed that crime. So like an execution obviously was to be fed to hungry lions. So it was not looking good for Daniel. And so when Daniel heard this, he had a choice. He had to choose between conforming or calling. Daniel had to choose between conforming or calling. See, from a young age, Daniel had the core of God on his life. And what I mean by that is God had plans and purposes for him. God had given him gifts and abilities to be able to make a difference, to be able to make God famous. Like God had a calling on Daniel's life. And we see how in the past, Daniel had chosen not to conform to what everyone else was doing, but to stick with that calling. So in Daniel chapter one, we see how he didn't choose to conform to eat the food that everybody else was eating, the food that was forbidden by his culture, but he chose to stand by his calling and what God had asked him to do. But now the cost of that calling was really, really high. And so choosing calling in this instance meant losing his job, losing his reputation and losing his life. Whereas choosing to conform on the other hand, would have been the easiest option. It would have meant that he kept his job, he kept his reputation. It would have meant that his problems would go away, that um, all he needed to do was just to quiet his convictions ever so slightly. Like all he needed to do was slightly move the goalposts, maybe just act a little bit differently in public than in private. All he needed to do was lower his standards ever so slightly and he would be okay. Uh, and Daniel had this choice between calling or conforming. And like imagine what most of us would have done in that scenario. Like just think about what you would have done in that situation. Um, Charles Spurgeon, a preacher in the 1800s, said this. He said, suppose the law of the land were proclaimed, no man shall pray during the remainder of this month on pain of being cast into a den of lions. How many of you would pray? I think there would be a rather scanty number at the prayer meeting. If there were the penalty of being cast into a den of lions, I am afraid the prayer meeting would be postponed for a month owing to pressing business and manifold engagements of one kind or in another. Imagine how quickly we would give in to that pressure. Like knowing my track record, I would not have blamed Daniel for giving in to that pressure to conform at all. But despite that huge pressure to compromise, to lower his standards and lay aside what he knew was right, Daniel chose not to conform. And instead, we see what he did in verse 10, it says, now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows were open towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. So Daniel didn't panic. 
he didn't compromise, he remained consistent and he went and did what he always did. He went and prayed. And just as a side note, like your patterns determine your response to pressure. Your patterns determine your response to pressure. So we see that Daniel's pattern was to pray. His pattern was to take stuff to God. His pattern was to bring petitions to God in prayer. And so when pressure came on him, that's exactly what he did. He didn't need to come up with a new plan. He didn't need to get his life right with God. He didn't need to sort out new habits, but his patterns determined his response to pressure. And when pressure comes for us, it exposes the strength or the weaknesses of our patterns. Your patterns determine your response to pressure. So Daniel chooses not to conform, but he goes and did what he'd always done. He went and prayed. And of course he gets caught. The king tries to save him, but like to no avail. And Daniel is thrown into the lion's den and thought for to be dead. Um, next morning, the king runs out, asks if he's alive. And of course, we all know the story. Hooray, Daniel is alive. It was this miraculous rescue. And what happens next is amazing because the king said, the king who had just issued a decree, making himself like God, he issued a new decree to counter that one. And he wrote to every part of his kingdom, to say that God is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Like that amazing decree went out and the kingdom of God was declared to every nation that was a part of that time it was declared because of the faithfulness and integrity of one man. Like all that kingdom, all those nations heard about the kingdom of God because of the integrity of Daniel, because he chose calling over conforming. And throughout the book of Daniel and as like in the Bible as a whole, there are so many amazing examples of people who do this, people who choose calling over conforming. So just think about Moses, Elijah, David, Esther, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego standing firm in their calling and their convictions. But of course, the greatest example of all of these has to be Jesus. Jesus is the greatest example of someone who chooses calling over conforming. Um, earlier this year, I had the opportunity to go to Israel, which was amazing. And one of the significant moments for me was visiting the site where Jesus would have been accused and tried. It was the site of Caiaphas's house, the house of the high priest at the time. And one of the reasons that they believed that this is the site where it happened was because when they did excavations, they found underneath this house was a dungeon and there was a guard room you can go in and see all of this. There's a guard room um, with fixtures attached to the wall where prisoners' chains would have been attached. There were holes in the stone pillars where their hands and their feet would have been put when they were being flogged and tortured. And next to this guard room is um, a prisoner's cell and it is a dark windowless room that can only be accessed through a hole in the ceiling. So prisoners, after being beaten and bruised, would just be lowered through the hole in the ceiling. That's the only way to get in or out. So um, what they've done since is obviously they've built um, stairs for us to be able to look in and see the room so we can access it. And we walked down these stairs and huddled in this tiny prisoner's cell and found out that it's been known as Christ's prison 
because it's thought and believed to be the place where Jesus was detained for the night before his crucifixion. And so we gathered in this room and just stood silent as we tried to imagine the agony and the loneliness of Jesus as he awaited his fate in that room, totally shut off, totally alone. And what hit me in that moment as I stood in that tiny, dark, horrible cell was the fact that Jesus knew that this would happen. So a few hours previously, he'd been in the Garden of Gethsemane and in that garden, he prayed knowing what was about to happen, knowing that he'd be arrested and dragged to that place and tried and convicted and that he'd be beaten and flogged and crucified. And he knew that he'd have to bear the weight of all the sins of the world and the wrath and judgment of God in the mix of all of that. But the thing that hit me in that moment wasn't just that he knew that would happen, but he chose that as well. He didn't just know it, but he chose it because in the garden, he had a choice. He had a choice to conform. He had a choice to stop and denounce his message. He had a choice to run and hide. He had a choice to um, speak up and to call down legions of angels. He had a choice to do something about it. But instead, he chose to pray three times, not my will, but your will be done. And like the amazing thing is, is that we start to see here parallels between Daniel and Jesus. See, Daniel lived a righteous life and Jesus lived a sinless life. Both were plotted against out of envy and jealousy. Both prayed three times before they were arrested, both knowing that their choice would lead to their execution. And Jesus chose to be found by the people that wanted him dead. Jesus chose to stay, to remain silent before their accusations. He chose to be beaten and subjected to humiliation and he chose to be crucified he chose the cross because he knew that the calling was worth the cost. Like Daniel, he knew that his calling was worth the cost. In Hebrews 12, it says this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation. So Jesus chose the cross. He chose his calling because he knew that you were the result. Like just allow that to sink in for a moment. He chose the cross because he knew that you were the result. He knew that the result was that you could be in relationship with him. The result was that you could have eternal life beyond this one. He knew that the result was that no matter what you have done, no matter how badly you've messed up or how distant you feel from God right now, if you choose to believe in Jesus, you can be forgiven. You can receive grace. You can receive eternal life and no his purpose and his calling for your life. Jesus knew that the calling was worth the cost. See, Daniel's choice meant that the kingdom of God was declared to all nations, but Jesus's choice meant that the kingdom of God was available to all nations. And we have access to the kingdom of God because of what Jesus did. Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of the story of Daniel. And my encouragement today is that every time you choose calling over conforming, you are continuing that story. 
every time you choose to count the cost, to not compromise, to live by your convictions, it may seem insignificant. It may seem like it doesn't make a difference, but your calling is worth the cost because you are declaring that there is a greater authority, there is a greater purpose, that there is a greater kingdom that is alive and active and available to anyone who believes. And my prayer is that as we choose calling over conforming, even in seemingly insignificant decisions, as we make that choice, people will take notice and that our community will see and that this nation's eyes will be opened and that like the king in the story of Daniel, their declaration will be that our God is the living God, that he endures forever, that his kingdom will not be destroyed, his dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. And as he rescued Daniel from the power of the lions, he is able to rescue us from the power of sin and death. So my encouragement today, church, is to choose calling over conforming because the calling is worth the cost.